Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Rise and Wits. Before we get into our introductions, remember Bet Online Plus Believe is a match made in heaven. We are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron. These teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface. Even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football, mean wits, every weekend. Just putting dimes, nickels, pennies, shekels, whatever you have into this website. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit. Don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right now to your favorite Vegas casino games, Wits always on the blackjack table. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Always changing their ending tag. You know what? Buy the slogan. I think I would stick with it, but they've got many slogans over at Bet Online. That's not for me to decide. Wits, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Like the uh, the ad lead and a little different today. Um, but yeah, man, another week of football. Life is good. Nothing to complain about. Life is good. Nothing to complain about. But there is sports, and I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if we just jumped into our picks. By the way, Ross, what a fucking study is. Unbelievable week last week. Makes money for the boys and girls. All across the country, money in my pocket means money for you guys. I'm not a selfish man. Um, but a lot happened in sports this week, and I don't feel like it can be neglected. And I think I'll finish with the bigger one. But I want to start with this. Me and you, we're new NBA fans. Am I right? How pumped are we for the Bulls? I'm very pumped. Right? So, man. And we'll do nightly FaceTimes with the boys, the gang up, watch the Bulls, 82 beautiful games. Um, and what's better for us is you get Ben Simmons going back to the 76ers. It looks like you've got teams kind of melting back down to the level of the Bulls, not so many superstar-oriented teams. I know there's a lot of teams in L.A. that would uh, disagree with that statement. And then you've got this situation. And I do want to make a disclaimer for Wits, who's my co-host here. He, has, he doesn't have to say a single thing if he doesn't want to say anything. I'm definitely about to. Kyrie Irving will not be getting a contract extension and will not be practicing or playing with the Brooklyn Nets. And uh, I think there's, from a sports perspective, we can be the traditional sports place that just goes in and says, he's just a giant distraction, has been. There's no trade floor for him. Nobody wants him. 
Here's my other take I just want to put out there right now. Get fucking vaccinated. You're right. And I know that's a hot topic. I get it. But let me just start off with this. Fuck you if you're not vaccinated. I'm sure you have the polio vaccine, the flu vaccine, everything in between. And then, wait, I'm not done. Say you're an anti-vaxxer. Double fuck you. There's a special place for you in hell, although I don't believe in hell. So a special hole in the ground for you if you don't. Uh, again, you can believe in whatever you fucking want to believe in. But as humans, you want to protect one another. Kyrie, back to your issue here. This guy is supposed to be arguably the best point guard in the NBA. You can tell me I'm wrong, which I don't know. I think he, that's what he's touted as. It's probably the best point guard, best scorer, maybe, best handles. And the guy won't show up for work, won't show up for practice, won't show up for games. And this is just another one. Take away the vax thing that you don't want to be on top of. But this is just his third issue in a row with this Brooklyn Nets team that is keeping him off the basketball court. And I think that it goes beyond words how disrespectful it is to his teammates and it is to the organization and even the NBA to a small degree. Oh, is this where I'm supposed to say something? I thought I had the option not to. But I, hey, I, this back in the sports realm where you do your best work. I'm curious your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets moving forward and what they should do with Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a mess. Um, you know, I've always seen Kyrie as a little bit more of a distraction than, you know, than he's worth. I know he won a title with Cleveland. Um, you say what you want. LeBron was on that team, but Kyrie did hit one of the biggest shots, you know, that I've, I've seen a player make in the NBA finals. But for me, I mean, you look at what happened with Boston, um, even last year with the Nets, it was, I don't want to comment on anybody's personal life, but it always seemed like that was taken center stage for Kyrie when, I mean, you're, you're being paid to play in the NBA. Um, and it just seemed like, it seemed like that wasn't really his top, his top focus. And the Nets were such big title favorites and they ended up not winning the title. I know injuries had a lot to do with that, but for me, Kyrie has always seemed like more of a, a distraction than he's worth. Um, I know he's a great player, but you know, there's a lot of great players out there. And, you know, with the Nets, um, not something you want to be dealing with, you know, right before the start of the season. So we'll see what happens, but it gives me a little more faith for our bowls um, to inch up that Eastern Conference standings board. And I'm a player guy first. I've said this on the show a hundred times. Give them as much money as they deserve. They, these sports generate an insane amount of money. The revenue in for the NBA, the NFL, MLB, billions and billions of dollars. But they are getting paid that money, right? Kyrie's getting paid $35 million. And I have to have a vaccine to work. I have to, if, even if I have personal issues, take away the vaccine. If I have personal issues and I'm feeling down in the dumps, depressed, whatever it is, I still got to go into a work or else I get fired. And I'm making nowhere near the money Kyrie's making. Can't believe that that's still a distraction. It's been three years now, and we haven't seen this team on the court together. What was supposed to be this new mega big three. I mean, hell, you've even got KD and James Harden showing up for work. Um, but we'll have to see. And the last part before we go into picks, the NFL is in absolute hot water, and it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, and we cannot condone anything that John Gruden did and has done and it seems to be continuing to do since his emails are relatively present. Um, the NFL looks like my favorite, our favorite thing, right? Sitting down on Sunday, watching the NFL. And it just seems like there's the white billionaire boys club at the top. That's doing a whole lot of damage right now. That's going to leak more and more information uh, than we're expecting. Uh, 
the reason I bring this up is this has been a negative Gruden show. We have never been fans of Gruden, and it's almost like good riddance. We were just trying to get that news out there sooner and sooner and sooner. So good riddance, Gruden. No one's going to miss you, and I'm glad that you won't be costing me any more money moving forward. Um, and speaking of money, let's get into it. Wits, what a sad, sad performance from you this past weekend, um, especially on the college front. You lost 2.3 units. You went one and four. Or what? my bad, my bad. One, three, and one. But you had to watch me on the other side performing at such a high level. Yeah, a little bit of a tough week here. Um, you know, LSU, I, I thought they were going to show up against Kentucky, but I, I guess I was a little wrong about the Wildcats. I think they're actually, I would say, a much better team than I thought. And they face off um, in probably the game of the week this week against Georgia. LSU was a bad game. Um, the one game I'm, I'm really regretting right now is Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, they were up eight with a minute 30 left against Notre Dame and found a way not only to lose the game, but to lose it in regulation with a Notre Dame touchdown, two-point conversion, and a game-winning field goal. So that, that one really hurt. Um, you know, but the other matchups, Tulane, I mean, they get their asses kicked last Thursday. And then Nebraska, um, you know, ended up pushing against Michigan another solid game Nebraska after week one or week zero against Illinois they've really been playing some tough football I know that they're three and four um, but have had some really tight matchups Michigan Michigan State so you know I, I thought they I thought they should have won that game but you know coming away another three-point loser um, you know we'll take the push and yeah one three and one it's it's not a great week but it is what it is so unless you got anything to say Roz about last week's picks I can get into uh Whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to let the king have his time to shine here. Coastal Carolina couldn't have been easier. Told you what was going to happen. They covered the spread. Now, Michigan State, also one of those big ones I called. Michigan minus three. That was a tough one to watch. Michigan kept trying to give that game away as much as possible. But we'll take the draw there. No, no losing money is no problem. I got some bones to pick. Wits, I know you have a similar feeling for at least one of these teams. Um, Texas, I'll start with since we're not feeling neutral about that. Texas blew quite the game. I mean, that team was up 21, I believe, at a certain point. They're up uh, an astronomical number of points, and they still blew it with a QB change, to say the least. They took out Spencer Rattler, this Heisman hopeful, and put in this guy, Williams, that's backing him up, who leads the biggest comeback in this rivalry's history. Um, I don't know who that speaks more to, Xander. I feel like it speaks more to Texas crumbling and in that defeat, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, one of the better games of the college football season. Um, you look at Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler continuing to struggle and, and gets benched for Caleb Williams. And like you said, Roz, leads a, a pretty damn cool comeback, especially if you had Oklahoma. Um, you know, minus three or on the money line, uh, very tough way to lose for Texas, but they, they just kind of let the game melt away and didn't take a stand at all in the second half, um, which I was pretty surprised about because they, they really beat up on Oklahoma in the first half. And I, I, I didn't really see Oklahoma coming back, but it was just uh, Caleb Williams um, it was unbelievable. And it looks like he's going to take the starting role from here on out. Um, you know, it looks like he's taking all the first team reps in practice. So Caleb Williams looks like he's the new man in Oklahoma and kind of surprising, right? You look at Spencer Rattler being the, the preseason Heisman favorite. Um, but yeah, Roz, that was a, 
it was, it was a tough game to watch if you were a Texas fan. Uh, and it was very exciting at the end, right? Kennedy Brooks with a, with a walk-off touchdown run. So it was a, quite the game and one of the, one of the better games of the year so far. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a bad beat if you were Texas money line or even having them plus three. You at least expected that game to end with an Oklahoma field goal, but the Red Sea basically opened up and boom, there goes, there goes a huge run um, for a touchdown. And lastly, Penn State, I know you feel the exact same way. We were both on this game. Penn State plus one and a half felt like it was ripped away from us also because they were just as dominant as can be for the first half of the game, losing their starting quarterback, and then there was absolutely no ball movement. Whoever their backup was must have been one of the high school kids they pulled off the streets um, the day before just to wear a jersey because it was was ugly. Yeah, this game kind of reminded me of the Arkansas-Texas A&M game. Um, with the backup quarterback situation and, you know, Penn State, that was not only a game they, they shouldn't have lost, but, you know, getting, getting that cover ripped away at the end with the, uh, the, the backdoor touchdown from Iowa, it, it hurt. It, it was bad. You know, they, they outplayed Iowa so much in the first half, but losing Sean Clifford, it, it was a really big deal. They weren't able to move the ball. Iowa's already a tough place to play to begin with, and, you know, I feel bad for Penn State because I thought they were one of those teams who had a chance to maybe win the Big Ten, and they still could. But, you know, losing that game to Iowa, that it's really tough, and especially the way that it happened with, you know, the game slowly slipping away as they – I don't know how many yards they had in the second half, but I think it had to be less than 100. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a tough one, especially, you know, we all had Penn State money line. So, uh, looked to bounce back, but, yeah, losing Sean Clifford um, – put the team in a really tough spot and they just weren't able to answer yeah I think that sums it up oh wait Alabama goes down to Texas A&M I feel like that's a that's a big one we were neglecting there uh Nick Saban's first loss to an assistant coach of his um and their first loss in 100 meetings against an unranked team uh snapping that streak a lot of streaks snapped Alabama bruised um, I'm seeing these interesting things about how the new playoff landscape looks and everything. And for me, one of the interesting things was that Alabama didn't lose its spot, but then they're also saying Ohio State makes it. And I'm curious your thoughts, especially with Cincinnati and Oklahoma sitting there undefeated. Does that mean one of those teams right now is out? And how is that even fair at this point? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Roz. Um you know, it's interesting about the rankings. You know, we talk about trying to find the best teams, but at the same token, like there's a reason we play the games, right? We don't just go into the start of the year and say, you know, this team has the best recruiting class. We're going to keep them ranked here for the whole year. I mean, is Alabama top four team in the country? I think so. But, you know, should they be ranked ahead of other teams? Well, like, like a Cincinnati um, that don't have any losses right now, I personally don't think so, right? And that's the reason that we play the games. Is Alabama better than Texas A&M? I think they absolutely are, but they lost. And, you know, I think there has, there has to be some more changes in the standings that reflect what actually happened in the game versus what people think. Because, you know, it just, it's not, it, there's, there's no reason we play the games, right? And even though the best teams might not always win, right, there has to be a penalty for losing. And I think that gets a little bit lost in the rankings and with the committee sometimes is trying to find the best teams, but it's, you know, it's not always the best teams, right? It's who's got the best records and who have they played. 
Um, so that's just kind of my view on it. It's a frustration that I've had for the past few years with, you know, that talk about trying to find these teams where, you know, why don't we just let the games do the talking? Cause that's, that's what really matters, right? We, you know, you play the games to find out where teams should be ranked. I'm not the other way around. So, you know, that's just my view on the whole Alabama, you know, ranking situation. Yeah. And I'm getting worried when it comes to the big 10, I feel like they're being sl- like when you watch the other part about watching these games is you see the talent there. Right. And I don't think the talent that we're seeing out of these big 10 teams that are moving up these rankings are that great. They're beating the hell out of bad teams. Like the big 10 as a whole as a conference, isn't very good. You're looking at teams being beaten like Wisconsin, Nebraska, um, Purdue, Indiana, like these bottom Minnesota, these bottom tier teams that are nowhere near the rankings, but are just casualties to these teams being ranked higher, like a Michigan being in the top 10, Michigan State being 11, Iowa, Penn State, where they just were. And honestly, the only, the only team that helps out at the end of the day is going to be Ohio State, because Ohio State gets the opportunity to play all these teams with that pseudo ranking next to their name. And that helps propel them forward and could fuck over a team like Cincinnati. And that's what I think about at the end of the day. I think Oklahoma, you're in the Big 12. There isn't much of an argument if you go undefeated and win your conference tournament to be in the playoffs. But a team like Cincinnati gets screwed by what I would say is an Ohio State, if Ohio State is able to run the table, which they're making it look like they're better, they're more sound, they're more in shape than they were when they first took their loss. But I don't think that's going to be penalized enough at the end of the year um, when it comes down to who are the four teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I'll have to disagree with you there saying the big 10 isn't a good conference because, you know, they've got five teams in the top 10. So did I not just, did I not just explain why they're in the top 10? Like, can you name who they've beaten? You did, but I mean, name who they've beaten. Five five teams in the top 10. Like, I mean, what, what else do you want them to do? All right. I mean, who would you rather see get their asses handed to them? Iowa or Cincinnati? Does that matter I mean, to you? Say, but that, that's a different question. I'm just saying I disagree with you on the you know, saying they're they not think, a good conference. They've got the most top 10 ranked team in the country. So as I, I said, due to the teams they've beaten, which aren't anybody, they haven't gone out of their way and beat anybody impressively. Like, again, you've got Iowa beating Penn State within their own conference. It's conference cannibalism and in a bad conference. Again, this Michigan, this Ohio State team, this Michigan State team, they haven't played each other yet. They've been playing these bad teams, yet their rankings keep going up because they're undefeated. That's due to their name. There's undefeated teams that I think I'd put ahead. Coastal Carolina. Or if BYU hadn't lost, you keep BYU, keep going higher than these guys. There's undefeated teams, I think, more worthy than these Big Ten teams. They're just – the name is what brings them up, in my opinion. Name and conference. No, I, I'm not disagree with you again. I mean, you look at – I've been hearing you say I, it about Michigan all year. Tell me where this just changed all of a sudden. You said – I Michigan, mean – I've heard you say Michigan's not a real team. I, I don't think they are. But, I mean, at first of all, I'll take a look at Iowa. They beat 17th-ranked Indiana team first game, beat okay. number nine-ranked ISU, beat number four team in the nation, Penn State. Um, I mean, you look at Ohio State, I think we're both in agreement there that that they're a pretty good team, um, even after that loss. You look at Penn State, um, you know, beat 12-ranked Wisconsin in game one, beat a top 25 Auburn team in week three. And then, I mean, I think Michigan probably has the weakest case here, but, I mean, you look at Michigan State, Michigan State beat a top 25 Miami team, I mean. 
You're I saying really- a top 25 Miami team, they're bottom of the ACC. Clemson was ranked number two in the country. They weren't actually a number two team. You're basing it off of rankings that were made in September that aren't even remotely relative to what it is now. Just because they were ranked something because of a preseason poll doesn't mean that was their actual ranking. Look at how this season has turned out. I think that's garbage that you're calling Indiana a 17th ranked team in the country because they're nowhere near that. Iowa State in the same realm, nowhere near that. They're midway through the Big 12. And come on about the ACC. Are you kidding me? Having Miami ranked, they haven't won an important game yet this season. Just because they had a rank at a preseason doesn't – you're telling me the committee knows exactly about all these teams. And they, that preseason ranking is nowhere near where it's at currently. I'm, my, my original point was if you have five teams in the top ten, I don't think you can say that's a bad conference. That's my only point. I don't think those five teams should be in the top ten. I think it's by name only that they're in the top ten. We'll have to agree to disagree then. We're very much disagreeing. And uh, it doesn't matter because it's my picks that usually win anyways. So I'll start us off for this coming week. Uh, I'm going in with some smash spots here. I've got Oregon minus 13 and a half coming off a loss, going up against Cal at home. This one's Friday night, so you get an early wager. Cal one and four going on the road for this one. It's only a two touchdown spread. You talk about a team that needs a smash pot. Oregon is it. They're going to have to go after it um, to, if they have any chance of making a run back at the college football playoffs. Remember, they did beat Ohio State, who Xander says is in the best conference in football. Um, and so that's going to help their resume at the end of the day. Oregon, minus 13 and a half, big smash spot. And then going Alabama, another smash spot, retaliation game. I know it's on the road, which I said I like to avoid Bama on the road, which I did this past week as well. Um, hopped on the money line when they were down and really had a good shot when they were up 38-31, but they blew that as well. Smash spot, 17 points under that 20-point realm. I think Alabama comes out here and wins this one by 20. I would say a score 48-20 to 20 rings a bell for me. Um, Ole Miss, minus 2.5. Don't like that they're on the road, but I don't think Tennessee's a very good program, and I like Matt Corral or Coral especially, whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. But however it takes him to get to the Heisman, I think he's going to need to keep winning. I think it's going to happen here against Tennessee. If they only need to win by or cover the spread by more than a field goal, I, I like their chances there. Army plus 14. I think me and you had a good laugh about that earlier in the week when we saw that. I mean, Wisconsin's not a great scoring team, but for them to be two touchdown favorites over four and one Army, maybe I'm not seeing something. Maybe I have no idea. Maybe I'm an idiot, but that just seems like an atrocious spread, and you had to hop on the underdog there. And then we're on the same side, Wits, because, you know, at the end of the day, we are pals. Uh, Nebraska minus four. I think Nebraska is playing better than their record shows. I can't say that a lot about a lot of Big Ten teams. I think Nebraska is finally going to get a Big Ten win that they need, and they go in and beat Minnesota on the road. Yes, it's on the road, but I do like Nebraska minus four. Wits, over to you, pal. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with uh, Kentucky getting 23 points on the road versus Georgia. Um, for me, this is just a pure line play. I mean, I, I, just think, I think 23 points is just too much here. I know Georgia's got, I'd say, the best defense in the nation. But 23 points, I mean, almost three and a half possessions, I think it's too much. I think Kentucky, um, you know, while they're, they're not in the same class as Georgia, they don't have, really have a high-powered offense. So I'll, I'll take the three-plus scores here. I'll take Kentucky on the road. My next pick, uh, I'm going to go back to Texas, right? That was a really tough loss versus Oklahoma, but I'm going to take them laying the five at home versus Oklahoma State here. This is a, a really big matchup. 
when you look at the Big 12, Oklahoma State's 5-0, and 2-0 in the Big 12. But I, I think Casey Thompson, uh, Bijan Robinson are, are going to be too much here for Oklahoma State. So I'm, I'm going to lay the five with Texas. And then my uh, biggest play of the year, right now I'm going to go three units on it. I'm going to take Boston College. Uh, plus three at home versus NC State. I actually think Boston College should be favored in this matchup. You know, I took them before the season to win the ACC. And, you know, even though they lost their starting quarterback, I think Boston College is still a very solid team. And I think being at home here is, is a big advantage. I'm going to take the field goal at home versus NC State. And then uh, I'm going back to a team that broke my heart last week. Um, I'm go with Virginia Tech at home plus five versus Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, after Boston College, probably my favorite team in the ACC, but I, I like the Hokies here. Um, you know, they played a really tough game with Notre Dame last week, and I think they find a way to keep this within a field goal, and they, it could be an interesting money line play as well. And then my last pick, like you said, Roz, we're both riding with Nebraska here, uh, you know, after week one, uh, playing some really nice football. And I think they go on the road versus a Minnesota team who, you know, really, I don't think has been the same since they lost their starting running back on opening night. So, you know, I'm going to take Nebraska here, um, one and three in the Big Ten, but I think they get their second win on Saturday here. Dude, I love when you go big on units, and I think it's hilarious. I feel like once a year you go big on Boston College. So that's going to be fun on Saturday for me. Um, they almost beat Clemson. Again, I don't really know the true value of Clemson, but they are four and one. They've only played one conference game. And we're hoping for your season-long bet they are able to win their first conference game this weekend, which would also cover your spread and the three units. I did put two units on the Oregon-Alabama smash spots. Um, it's pretty much all I got for college football this week. I think it's uh, not a lackluster week, but it's a little bit more of a down week. Obviously, Georgia-Kentucky is the big game. And Wits uh, had the balls to take it because I did not. If I was going to take it, I feel like I'd go Georgia. But it's a lot of points when two teams with two teams who haven't scored a whole lot um, unless George is absolutely pounding on the people. But let's get to the NFL. Big week in the NFL last week. Um, a good week in the NFL last week for your boys, um, especially myself. Went uh, 4-0-1. Uh, the Chargers with a overly exciting game, um, beating the Browns at home. Tennessee getting the big win. Packers, the only draw of the day, but probably the scariest game on the entire slate. I might have had five heart attacks. We had Wits and our buddy Thomas, basically my like Zoom life alert options. Um, and then the Bills on Sunday night, quite the statement game. Um, and I'm sure maybe you'll be in agreement that the Bills look like the AFC favorite. Yeah, Roz, after watching that game on Sunday night, I, I absolutely have to agree with you there. Um, you know, Kansas City really hasn't looked the same all year. I mean, there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year that Patrick Mahomes should have had quite a few more interceptions. Um, a lot of defense just, just kind of dropping picks against him, and you know, it's showing up a little bit this year. He's thrown a lot more interceptions. His defense is, I would say, almost historically bad right now. And the Bills, I mean, that game – it was really never even a game um, from the start. So I'd have to agree with you. I think the Bills, I'd have to take them uh, maybe as an overreaction as the AFC favorites right now. And the Chiefs at two and three, I'm not worried about them making the playoffs, but I mean, their, their defense is so bad. Um, you know, it just gives me a little bit of pause to think that, you know, this is going to be a team that's going to get back to the Super Bowl. Well, also probably a buy low point in the Chiefs if you wanted to even just take them for whatever it is worth getting them into the playoffs and then, if you're really feeling 
kind of nasty about it, maybe take their Super Bowl chances right now. I have no idea what it's dropped down to, but it's been tough sledding for the Chiefs so far. They continue not to cover spreads. They also continue not to win games. They are two and three. Um, interesting fact I didn't know about Mahomes on the interception thing, but I've always said Mahomes is literally the child of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, and we're getting a little bit more Favre this season than we are Rodgers with the interception rate going up. Um, still always able to make the big play and throw the ball further than anybody. Um, anything else from last week that uh, really tripped your trigger? I think there was a lot going on. Um, we even had a London game that with, we just send internationally the worst teams ever. But I'm trying to look through this slate here and see if there's anything eye-opening. Bears get a big win for your Chicagoites. I mean, beating the Raiders down in Las Vegas. Uh, that was a fun one. Other than that, Nothing too crazy that I'm seeing from that slate last week. Yeah, I would say the craziest craziest game was probably uh, Minnesota versus Detroit. A um, lot of survivor scares there. Minnesota uh, looked like they were going to run away with that game uh, early in the third quarter, but you know, in typical Minnesota fashion, uh, they let Detroit all the way back into the game and end up winning uh, on a game-winning 50-yard field goal. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's press conference after you know, teared up a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's just got to be tough, you know, for a guy like him, you know, they, they lose to the Ravens on an NFL record-breaking field goal. They lose to the Vikings on, a, you know, I think it was a 54-yard field goal. I'm still looking for their first win, but yeah, it was an interesting game there in Minnesota. Um, I know you and I both had them in Survivor, so it got a, got a, a little dicey there um, at the end of the fourth quarter, but uh, they end up pulling through, and uh, yeah, Minnesota's two and three, still still fighting for a chance in the uh, NFC North. But you know, right now, Packers um, the big overtime victory after I think seven missed field goals in a row. So yeah, interesting week, and uh, we come back for week six. We do come back for week six, um, which I'm very excited about. Some big matchups, and uh, honestly, it's just the week of, the week of rise. Um, after such a great performance on the, on the batting field. And, and Wits has had his weeks. I don't want those to be forgotten. Wits usually gets to go first when announcing his picks. But what I say, but fuck it. I'll go first this week. Uh, I'm going to put three two-unit games out there, going Green Bay minus four and a half. If they weren't able to cover the three against the Bengals, that means we got a stinker out of the way, came out with a W, and we're all eyes on Justin Fields. And that Bears team that, once again, sits at 3-2. and two, I feel like the Bears catch teams on bad weeks. I mean, the Raiders obviously going through the John Gruden stuff, quite the distraction. I feel like the Bears sneak away wins that they don't really deserve. I don't think this is a th- true 3-2 and two team. This isn't just coming from a rival, but I think the Packers absolutely smash them. The ghost of Randall Cobb is no longer a ghost because the actual Randall Cobb will be on the field to beat down on the Bears. I think this is going to be a bit of a blowout. The Packers continue to extend their lead in this series. And I only wish that Wits was more of a Bears fan, but it's okay because I still wait for him with open arms to come root for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But we'll see if that does end up happening. I've got the Cowboys minus three and a half. I think they're going to be way more explosive than this Patriots team. Patriots are good at taking away the best receiver on the opposing team. Too bad the Cowboys have way more weapons than just Amari Cooper. Um, and CeeDee Lamb is one of them. I think the Cowboys go into Foxborough 
and get it done. I think the Fox, I think the Cowboys are just a shining star right now. They're going to continue to play at such a high level, continue to get W's. Um, I do think it comes crashing down near the postseason, but let them keep going while they have it right now. Chargers plus three is a fun one for me. A little bit of disrespect, but I guess the home team is gifted three points. So basically an even game here. Ravens, we saw the true potential of Lamar Jackson. What a comeback against the Indianapolis Colts on Monday night football. But we also saw what Justin Herbert could do. And uh, I think the Browns have a better defense than the Ravens. And I think the Chargers have an opportunity to light up this Ravens team. And I don't know if Lamar is going to be able to catch back up with the Chargers. Again, Chargers also have a way better defense than the Colts. Um, so we'll see here. I do like the Chargers plus three. Probably a little bit of a money line play for myself right here. Give me the Panthers plus one at home against the Vikings. I don't really know what to say here other than fantasy hopefuls. See Dalvin Cook, who's been banged up. Christian McCaffrey coming back. I think there's going to be a lot of huffing and puffing going around. I don't think the Vikings will have enough. I think the Panthers losing two in a row. It's been tough for them. I think they get back on the straight and narrow and win this one. And then I have another smash spot. I think the Bills, we've seen how bad that Titans defense is against the Jacksonville Jaguars, against the New York Jets. I'm talking about bottom-tier teams in the league wits. Bottom-tier teams. And now they go up against the best offense in the AFC. I think the Bills absolutely smash a minus five and a half. Easy pull for your boy. Yeah, so to start us off here, Raz, I'm going to start off with Cleveland. Uh, minus two and a half versus Arizona. Um, you know, Arizona, a lot of people are making the case that you know, they might be the best team in the NFL at, uh, at five and oh. Um, but I look at Cleveland, I think they can run all over Arizona. And Arizona's had a lot of turnover luck this year. So I think there's going to be a couple things switching up for this game. Kyler Murray popped up on the injury report. So I'm going to take the Browns, um, you know, laying the two and a half at home versus Arizona here, which I think they're going to hand the Cardinals their first loss. Uh, second pick, I'm going to take the Thursday night game. Whereas I'm going to go with, with the Eagles, my favorite team, plus seven um, going up against the Bucks. I mean, when I look at the Bucks here, their secondary is so banged up. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think Philly, I mean, a guy like Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to put up some points here. Um, so I will gladly take the seven. I mean, you look at Philly, you know, they're third in net yards per play. 14th in offensive success rate and uh, you know they go no huddle at the fifth highest rate in the league so I think they're going to put up some points negate some of that Tampa Bay pressure um, so I'm going to take them plus the seven I'm going to go against you here I'm going to take New England plus three and a half I, I just look at this from a numbers perspective you know Tampa Bay was laying 10 versus the Cowboys opening week of the season two weeks ago you know Tampa Bay closed as a six-point favorite at New England and now Dallas is laying four at New England. Um, I think that's a six or seven point adjustment. I, I just think it's too much. And, you know, I, I think the Patriots here um, have a great chance to win this game outright. So I'm going to take them plus the three and a half. I'm also going to go with the Denver Broncos minus three and a half uh, facing off against the Raiders this week. And you know, this is partly a play on you know what happened with John Gruden, but also partly a play on the Raiders just have, have not looked very good the past couple of weeks. I know they started off three and zero, but you know, after Derek Carr looked like he's going to lead the league in passing and, and only puts up 200 yards last week versus the bears. And it was just a, just a crappy game by them overall. I think Denver gets back on the wagon here. Um, you know, they had a cupcake schedule to begin with, but I think another week of practice, Teddy Bridgewater coming back healthy. Um, I like the Broncos here minus three and a half. And then I'm also going to go against you in the Buffalo 
Tennessee game. I mean, you look at Tennessee plus six. I just think this line is a little bit too high. This game closed at three last season, opened three and a half before the Kansas City win. Um, you know, I think bumped up this line a little bit. And I think, you know, with Buffalo really trying to encourage the run on defense, I think Tennessee's going to take that all day. I mean, they've got the best running back in football. I think they're going to get Julio Jones back and, and keep this in a tight matchup. Um, so I'll take the six points here with Tennessee. And that's, uh, that's going to be my picks for the week. Wow. I mean, well, one thing, like, that's interesting with you, Wits, because uh, we go back and forth here. The Philly one makes sense to me, right? You love Philly. You're backing them. I wouldn't expect anything less than you taking Philly. And it's a Thursday night. So, honestly, anything can happen. Those games have been wild. But Tennessee, a team you've absolutely been ragging on, what are you talking about, buddy? (laughs) Well, that's usually a good time to bet when uh, nobody's talking about them. Everybody's on the other side. Um, so, you know, I would gladly take the Titans as much as it pains me. Wow. Well, best of luck to you. Maybe A.J. Brown will catch a couple touchdowns for your boy over here. Um, that's pretty much it, Wits. That's our picks for this week. We'll get them out there. I thought we should at least mention Major League Baseball is in the postseason. The Division League Series are wrapping up. We've got the Braves moving on. We've got the Red Sox moving on. We've got the Houston Astros who took down the Chicago White Sox. And we know you're a closeted Sox fan. Um, so tough loss. And I do apologize for that, for you. Um, and uh, but how, what do you make so far of this year's Major League Baseball playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a fun one so far. I mean, we've got uh, game five coming up for the Dodgers and the Giants. Um, but like you said, the White Sox, White Sox really went out with a whimper, was, was very disappointed in that. And, you know, game four elimination game that, you know, they end up losing 10 to one. Um, but yeah, this has been a fun postseason. Red Sox um, take down the Rays and, you know, uh, my bad. I'm, th- I'm thinking Rays are moving on. I had a World Series future bet on them. But uh, you look at Red Sox, Astros, Astros, this is their sixth year in a row in the championship series. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a lot of good things over there. I know we had the, the scandal a couple of years back, but I mean, six seasons in a row um, in the ALCS, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty damn good if you ask me. And then um, had a nice Braves win against uh, the Brewers in the division series. Brewers kind of similar to the Sox, kind of went out with a win. I was going to say they both kind of went out. The Midwest did not represent very well. Yeah. You know, Brewers losing their best reliever. Um, Doing the, due to punching a wall before the postseason, definitely not ideal. But you know they just didn't didn't play well enough to win. A lot, a lot of low scoring games, um, Atlanta versus Milwaukee, but they they weren't able to pull through. And then the bullpen, um, you know, it, it really showed in Game Four that they were missing their best reliever because um, they had multiple leads in that game that they ended up giving up. So uh, you look at the Braves; they're they're a team to watch out for here as they move on to the NLCS. Braves, I think for me, the Braves are the most fun. I'd like the Giants to get it done in game five. Um, anything to keep the Astros out, which is a lot to ask because there's not a lot of Boston Red Sox fans in the world anymore, unless you're in the state of Massachusetts. Um, so it's tough when you're looking at these AL squads, both Red Sox and the Astros caught in recent cheating scandals. So I know they're not fan favorites and people are tired of seeing the Dodgers be so successful. So how about we root for them Braves or those San Francisco Giants. I mean, I'd love to see Chris Bryant win a second World Series on a second team. Um, that's all the time we have here, folks, for the opening line. We are your hosts, 
Wits and Roz, and we'll be back better than ever, hopefully after another successful week of gambling, because you all deserve it. We all deserve it here on the opening line. Thank you, Wits, and have a great rest of your day. Show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.